0: and I'll also put in
1: some of my own stuff. Heck yeah. Okay, so uh, for those of you watching this video later, this is a demonstration of our classroom setting. Uh, we might do a different later in the future, but as of now, we're just going to kind of ramble and go on from there. So our topic tonight is how to transition your TTRPGs uh, from a fantasy setting into a new age setting or a different setting than what your system necessarily calls for. We're going to focus... Mostly on D&D, uh, but we'll bring up, or I'll try and bring up a couple of other systems and ways to augment or change the way things work with it feeling natural and so on and so forth. Um, so, uh, first things first, uh, we, again, we'll start with D&D. Your classic D- uh, you're running around in a semi-medieval setting uh, with some bits of technology, uh, magic, all that craziness. Now, the easiest way to transition, right, is to remove magic, right? And this isn't necessarily from the players themselves, um, but, like, from the world around it to where, like, these players and their classes that they pick are, like, special, one-of-a-kind, out-of-the-blue, blessings of the gods, whatever, right? They're unique superheroes, basically, in a world that doesn't have magic. Uh, And that takes it, really pulls it out of the fantasy and puts it more, more into, like, just the... Almost historical, historical, whatever. Or you at least have to put it in the historical for everything else, and then just be like, and then there was this weirdo. Uh, and... Like we hear stories about like people like Merlin, you know. Exactly. Yep. Yep. You're you're, you're setting up legendary stories for a past, whatever, right? Uh, and when you do this, right, when you when you strip magic from a world, right, that is originally intended to have magic, uh, you got to be really careful with it. Um, because you will feel like your character is super overpowered, and you will lose a good amount of enemies that were crafted with magic in mind. I'm not saying you can't keep those in there and then be like, oh, there's, you know, one or two of these only, you know, you're only ever going to encounter a, a sea hag once, but when you do, she's going to kill you, you know, whatever. Um, the big thing with that for transitioning, uh, is knowing how to set your currency, right? Um... Uh, And what your standards are. Um, And you can do this from the very beginning of a game, right? So they have copper, silver, platinum, electrum, all that fun stuff in D&D, right? Um, And most D&D, when you actually look at, like, oh, the peasants only earn a gold a year. Like, just seems ridiculously low for the price of things. Because you're like, a ration costs five gold. I know it's special because, you know, it lasts forever, but... Uh, like sailors use rations all the time, and it... they definitely weren't making the gold. Cool. Exactly. Yeah. Um, so those are just things you, when you when you digress the system, you got to figure out like the actual cost of something. Uh, you, whatever system you're uh, using is probably going to be a little bit off because currency is really hard. If you look at actual modern day stuff, you'll see that. Uh, that being the other thing, when you transition your game. Speaking of currency, uh, again, we're going to tangent. All over the place and younger as we talk feel free to interject as needed or or if you have questions because i'm just rambling ask and i'll try and clarify uh but with uh with the currency when you move forward right so if you do a time jump to where like hey we're going from the middle ages up to modern ages so we got computers printers guns up the wazoo uh things like that uh if you start your campaign there instead of the regular setting that it is used to you might consider completely changing the currency um, obviously, we don't use gold now for dollars and things like that. Uh, so having paper money and things like that, or electronic money, the pa- players have to either adjust to or start with. Uh, and then you have to make your own currency thing. Um, and then same thing with jumping even farther into the future. Um, basically, the farther I get, the farther away you get from uh, the sci-fi fantasy area. Uh, the harder it's going to be to deal with currency without taking some super creative liberties um, to the point of, if you go far enough in the future uh, with your setting, you might completely nix the currency system at all and have some kind of like, we'll call it social credit, but that's not right. So like your heroes complete a task and they, you know, they get fed, they get some kind of. Based off of,
0: So you, you mean like something essentially like based off of almost your, uh, like, if you do a good deed, you'll get good credit. And if you do a bad deed, you'll you'll get bad credit.
1: No, so, not, not, again, not quite social currency, but more like, hey, I completed a test. Well, you get today's rations and enough to buy a laser pistol, uh, but only one. Uh, kind of thing.
0: Ah, yeah. or, or like something like uh, you'll see in like a lot of different animes or something, a character goes into a dungeon or whatever, goes and kills a bunch of monster, and then gets like a unique type of currency from that monster.
1: Mm, right, yeah,
0: exactly, you know? exactly. Or if you're in a fantasy setting, you might be able to pull a particular type of uh, hard drive or chip from something like you do in like Fallout 4 Whenever every time you kill a synth.
1: Exactly, yes. Right on those lines, you know what I mean? Um, so that's just something you got to keep in mind when you're transitioning uh, going forward, right, is currency. Same thing with going back, you know, kind of the opposite effect, uh, but in a similar manner. If you go farther back to where you're like, well, uh, there's no magic. The, the technology is super – we're basically caveman, which is a super fun setting if anyone's ever tried it, Um, where you go from, like, established currency to just straight barter. Whatever you can pick up and trade is what you have to trade with. Um. And that one's Which you don't
0: necessarily need to get a time loop for that, right? It might be who you're talking to. So, like, if you're talking to, like, a different nomadic tribe, um, you know, within a post-apocalypse society, they might have, like, some ongoing long-lasting technology that runs off a particular type of battery cell that you can only find in a particular type of android, you know?
1: Yeah. So t- on and so forth. Yes, you could, you could definitely use it going forward, too. Um, but that's just another... Quote unquote idea. Um, let's see what else. Oh, so, we talked about currency, um, just general settings and attitudes, right? So, like, just like our real life history, uh, treating people generally the farther forward in history is nicer than the farther back in history you go. Unless you're playing Warhammer. Uh, and then it goes from, like, oh, everything was good to, oh, man, no, no it's, everything's bad. People are doors. Um, <laughs> <laughs> or whatever the hell is going on in Warhammer, because Warhammer is crazy. But, uh, you know, setting setting up the appropriate social settings for your group, you know what I mean? And having them change, because obviously, things change over time. Uh, if you are transitioning a group from fantasy, like, that's where they started, and then jumping to uh, somewhere else, that's going to be important to show the difference in how, like, uh, socially people have evolved, and, like... Uh, when you're doing that, you know, having a quick RP cutscene to show uh, let's say originally, you know, slaves are totally a thing in your uh, fantasy settings. Well, that's been completely outlawed uh, 100 years in the future or whatever um, because they were no longer needed and robots have replaced them now. Would that happen in 100 years? Probably not, but you know, D&D be crazy like that sometimes. I uh, mean, is it really that crazy?
0: Look at, you know, like just, just couple hundred years ago we had boats that were just you know paddling around and using sails and now we have nuclear reactors you know and ai that can navigate for you
1: that is a fair point um if you're basing it on real life yeah um let's see what else on there for transition now speaking of transitioning now uh, we had another person was going to join us but his internet went out one of the things he had talked about Uh, was transitioning mid-game, right? So how do do you transition from, let's say, D&D to another system? Um, Because that's totally a thing. Um, And or transition from D&D setting fantasy into D&D setting in space! Uh, Mm. Which can be difficult, but it's definitely doable, right? Um, You can 100% transfer over classes and things like that, especially if you keep the core ideals of whatever world you're playing in. Uh, the same, so let's let's stick it same system, and then I'll go cross system in a bit. Uh, but the uh, the best way to do that, right, is to just know note how important those classes are, right, and how they could have changed over time from developing from fantasy setting to space setting, um, right? And you can always steal stuff from other settings to you know mix and match as needed for changing over but in D&D you know having a druid in space is is going to be a thing you know they still need animals that they can transform to and there's no real reason for you not to be able to use magic in space Um, so there's really no lack or change of class. Um, Presentation wise it might change Uh, and how they are achieving said goals you know maybe in the future it's a uh, they have to take a mutagen that transforms them into whatever animal and you know you restrict their animals to you know however many mutagens they can carry however you, how have you want you make to
0: it some of those uh, systems already exist in like basic D, where your dm might be like you know you can't turn into a t-rex because you've never seen a t-rex skeleton or you never saw an alive t-rex or you might not be able to turn into a shark because you've grown up in a landlocked country your whole
1: life. Right, you've never seen a shark. Um but uh, same thing with with space stuff, right? Um transitioning to the modern era. So again, if you're trying to base it on hey, we're we're office workers on earth. Um yeah, you can still set things up. There's a couple books out there uh that kind of joke play into that. Uh but it's a real setting. There, there's real homebrew stuff. There's real uh, official things. What's the uh, Do you remember the name of the the? Uh, what's it called? Evil Incorporated or whatever.
0: Oh, I know what you're talking about, but I didn't know that was a book.
1: Yeah, it's totally there's totally a book for it. Um, <laughs> it's not huge, but it's it's got you know there's modern. Yeah, it, it's it got stuff in there. It's funny. Um, let's see what else. Oh, item changes, right? Um, So that's another big thing when switching from a post-age to a new age. Again, I'll get back to the talking about system changing in a minute. Uh, but uh, you're going to have to create new weapons or you do stuff like, oh, hey, uh, a longbow still hurts a lot. Like, sure, maybe a pistol you can fire more rapidly, but it does the same damage. You know what I mean? So for dice-wise, a pistol does a D8 per shot, and you can pull the trigger, you know, three times in six seconds or whatever. You know, set set that up appropriately for your, your characters. Um, and just know, you know, guns kick. And that explains why it takes a second to aim and fire. Um, and don't be afraid. Unless you're professional fighter. <laughs> Right, yeah. Unless you unless you're gu- unless guns are your thing, and then have at them, boys. Uh, the artificer,
0: which I think would actually be a perfect uh inject into this discussion, Uh-oh. uh, especially in reference to magic. Okay. And so, and the reason I say that is because, like, the artificer, like, if you go and you read through, like, Eberron of the Last War or anything, it goes and it take goes into detail about how you can. Turn individual spells, you know, and spell effects, and describe your casting within a mechanical focus, or based off of whatever artisan tools that you're using. Uh, you know, so there's some uh, that are focused more on like uh, different concoctions and everything, because they're like their whole deal is about making different potions or poisons or uh, alchemist. Uh, I think is a- the actual term that they're using. Um, and so, you know, you might go and have a machine that mixes up, uh, when you cast a spell, like Tasha's caustic brew or something, you might be like the equivalent to a, uh, what, what do they call those things that shoot pesticide out, like a flamethrower,
1: mm-hmm. um,
0: you know, something that, to that effect. Or every time you go and you cast, um, you're an artillerist version and you have like a, te- a wand that's technically actually just a handgun that casts Firebolt out of
1: it. Right, and that, uh, and that goes back into the transitioning eras, times, and all that fun stuff. Uh, is You can 100% explain spells as technology, right? Uh, they, ma- they make the line in uh, Thor, right, that magic is just uh, understood, misunderstood science, or science that we haven't figured out yet kind of thing. Um. And a, a fireball, right? You could 100% make a fireball be a, oh, hey, it's actually just a flamethrower I attached to my back. Or something silly like that. As a DM, you know, you can have that handcraft. And again, going back into the futuristic or semi-futuristic setting, uh, or even steampunk, you know what I mean? Jumping into, into any of the punks, having it apply uh, that way is super easy, right? Uh, we had someone listening. They went away. So sad. Uh, but... Oops. Yeah, uh, being able to describe your spell magic as a mechanical operation works for any class. Again, uh, the the divine classes, you know, you might have to finagle a little bit to be like, why does it matter that it's about a god? And you can just be like, he's a crazy religious scientist. But, no. don't, but don't tell him that. Why does the Berserker not feel pain? Uh, he does a lot of drugs. Please leave him alone. He's a dangerous yep. man. Uh... <laughs> But uh, things like that are going to help you transition there. Uh, now, transitioning systems. I'm going to jump over that. Is that all right, Younger? Absolutely. Okay. So uh, I've done this personally about three times uh, in games where I've transitioned complete systems with my group's uh, assistants. And this can be uh, generational systems, like going from 3.5 to 5 or vice versa. Uh, or for, you know, for goodness forbid, someone jumps on 4, but... <laughs> That's neither here nor there. Um, and the biggest thing is finding some class that is close to D&D. Luckily, D&D has 4 billion classes slash homebrew stuff uh, that you can basically fit into anything. Uh, and going up and down editions generally had something that was similar or at least very close um, to, to transition to. But uh, when you're not doing something simple like that, and let, again switching over to I'm going to use Warhammer because uh, again that's one of the ones we've personally done. Uh, the easiest way to do that with the campaign and still keep it like fluent is uh, like make it a dream sequence right so they can build their characters however they want and they just like have the same names or the same looks or something like that and then they can build a completely different character if they wanted a new system and it was all a dream you guys play that system until it's like okay we're done you go back or your characters forever fall asleep in the original system and you just switch over to the new stuff um star wars the rpg um has some transitioning stuff on there from the fantasy Flight games. Uh, where you know they have three systems, one's you know Rebels versus Empire basically. Uh, one's like, Hey, I was a Jedi, and the other one is, Hey, I, I, there are no Jedi's here, we don't talk about Jedi's, we are scum doing <laughs> scum things. Uh, luckily, those like you can interweave them super super easily, um, because they're built to be that way, but for completely transitioning systems, so like if you took that Star Wars one, and then suddenly went to our characters crash-landed on a planet that basically looked like the people from Legends of the Five Rings. Uh, It's easiest, right, to just start your characters fresh. Don't give your characters a whole bunch of abilities, things like that. Um, You can explain that by crippling injuries, uh, new energy sources, if there's some kind of magic users uh, being drained away. New
0: new types of environments, like like a fighter who's you know, great at fighting with hand-to-hand combat or swords, you know, great swords or hammers might not be able to shoot a rifle very well.
1: True. Right. Well, again, Star Wars, Star Wars to Legend of the Five Rings. We'll we'll do that transition, right? Um, Because they both have, you know, special dice and all that silliness. Um, Besides transferring the names and that kind of stuff, the easiest explanation, uh, which again, you probably shouldn't do, is uh, like traumatic injuries. Uh, and I don't mean, like, limbs, arms, whatever, but, like, head injuries, or they got electrocuted on upon landing, were buried for an extremely amount of time, and, like, came out of carbonite freezing, uh, and they've lost some of their would-be levels, and they're basically starting fresh. But they're skilled enough to pick up a class super fast because, you know, they were super—you know, they used to be able to connect to the Force, or they were a really good smuggler, or whatever. Uh... <laughs> and if you're playing, like, a Bothan or some kind of alien race, uh, you just are, like, a deformed human, basically. Just connected from your word, world. Right, well, there's that. But, again, if you're transitioning from Star Wars to Japanese stuff, like, the, the, the aliens don't really translate mm-hmm. into the monsters. You would just become, like, the super-defigured human. It would be the easiest way to, to explain your characters. Um, which, you know, obviously your GM should... Give you something a bonus or negative or something to, to apply to that. Because I mean, switching systems is not really something I recommend, but it's definitely something you can do. Uh, transitioning should bo- more likely be reserved for switching between time zones, or not time zones, time periods, uh, comparatively to whole systems. But you can yeah, do our it. Systems. You can do it. It's possible. Um, but It Was All a Dream is the easiest way to do that. Just. Easy peasy, lemon squeezy. All right, uh, Younger, we got 10-ish minutes before uh, we're playing to end this. Got to cut out? Yeah, well, I don't okay. necessarily, I don't necessarily have to, but I'm going to let you take the floor and then I'll answer the questions for a little bit.
0: Okay, so uh, with uh, all this of transition, we've, we've already gone over transitioning systems. We've gone over uh, some currency overlaps. We briefly touched on uh, the – transitioning of time periods uh so i guess my question is is what what is the next area that you think we should really go over well, and i can free roll from that
1: i think just shoot shoot any kind of shot and we'll go with that there's really nothing that we need to focus on just what you think about what you what what are some of your ideas on transitioning time frames or weapons or whatever
0: okay so yeah uh, one of the one of the things that i uh and it doesn't have with transitioning time periods it doesn't necessarily have to be mid-game you don't have to be mid-game go and like you're like level seven and D, and then boom sudden time loop you know you could just always be like you know maybe your guys got to a, a good closure spot for your current game and then they're like okay like we kind of got to the character development portions that we want to go with our characters And we'd like to play the same world, but we'd like to role-play different uh, characters. And so you could always just move forward in the time period and play within that same world. And then just as you're playing, your characters might be able to see some of the effects that previous campaigns had led to. Um, Specifically, uh, if you don't mind a little bit of a spoiler, Roger, uh, with uh, the story of Way on your world of Jake.
1: Yeah, no, no, go ahead.
0: And so we go into whey and it's kind of a play on, you know, the, the way weightlifting uh, (laughs) sustenance deal. Yeah. Whey protein, you know, where everybody gets super bulk. And so the town of ways, just a whole bunch of guys who are like just super jacked because they go through a special alchemical process of going and collecting the ingredients need to create whey. And then everybody is just, essentially on roids um, in this entire town. And
1: I mean, we uh, all go in there. Way, way it's just protein, but that continues. Yeah.
0: Thing. It is just protein, but, you know, their, their hard work and the way that they went about creating it or whatever was, you know, obviously different than everybody else in the world because they were checked. Uh, <laughs> uh, it's like they took today's bodybuilders and put them into medieval fantasy. Yeah. Uh, and then handed them an axe. <laughs> like, they're way stronger than the average pillager um, barbarian. Uh, however, they they were just people. Um, they were just really strong people. Uh, and so we're going, and we're playing in this area, and our characters had some moderate problems going and trying to, you know, be like, oh, well, like, we're better than you in, like, some circumstance, and then these guys just, like, you know, basically just step on us and are like like you're nothing <laughs> um whereas like later on a different set of people went through like in a different campaign went through the town of way and uh they didn't protect them from like uh, an enemy that you know had more than just physical prowess against them you know and it ended up them the people of way essentially being eradicated to the point where um like, in the current setting that we're playing, like, the people of ways more of, like, a story. And, like, you might be able to... Maybe it would have the potential of being able to find, oh, how did they create the whey protein powder to be able to gain a bonus to strength or something? Kind of equivalent to, like, like a, a magic item that would give you, like, a bonus to a, a core stat or something to that effect would be something that could be implemented. Um but I always liked being able to go and transition from uh, either one low and you don't have to necessarily transfer timeframes either. You can also play the same world, but just play a different location. Like maybe you're on a different continent or uh, like start off on a different side, whatever. Um, Or maybe your characters could uh, after progressing to a certain point, have a long lasting impact within that fantasy setting that you had set.
1: Right, and, uh, and, and to like help. Move, the, move the 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 setting itself forward into something something besides fantasy, um. Or like you said, a, going at it from a different continent or something like that, right? Uh, can completely transition the setting. You could be a Curse of Strahd setting originally, right? Uh, and sure, that has fantasy elements, but it's more of a horror setting, right? Well, then you go back to the you know, your regular whatever, uh, and is completely different now again that doesn't quite pull you out of the fantasy setting uh but it definitely transitions you into something different um so don't be afraid to just randomly teleport your uh, group into a whole new area just for funsies because that's the way to do things
0: (laughs) yeah and it doesn't it doesn't even have to be like and you can go across these cross culture and like uh cross uh technological barriers all the time i mean like Today, I mean, literally today, we can go and we can move, uh, you know, from our place in America to, like, some super abstract region in Africa. And it would have been this, almost the same as if we had went to the Stone Ages. Or if you go back and you just think, okay, well, what about when Christopher Columbus came to America, like, with the Spanish? Like, they were all guys had to toe in, like... Uh, like breastplate armor uh, and leather armor and such uh, with with steel swords and uh, some people with like flintlock rifles and then the Native Americans here were like in skins and leathers and basic cloth with uh, spears with stone tips and bows and arrows. Like it's just totally culturally uh, like, technologically different, even though it was within the same time frame. Or maybe you can just, instead of necessarily worrying about the technology aspect, just think about the general culture differences. Like, you could go to, uh, like, northern Wales or something into, like, a viking setting, setting, uh, but then transition to an oriental setting, like Japan Samurai because it's a different continent. You know, you guys got on a boat and you went to a new location and it's no longer like, oh, look, oh, we're fighting barbarians to the north, or, oh, we're a Roman Empire in the south, but now it's, oh, there's eastern dynasties to, <laughs> to the east. You don't necessarily have to even change the time frame to be able to change the entirety of the cultural and or economical standpoints within your games. Because even today, like, we have the Euro through mo- most of Europe. We have, like, yen in Japan. We have the US dollar here, like, you know. And so these aspects can be applied to multiple dimensions of your game, whether that's just transitioning cultures, to transitioning time, to uh, like really anything. Um, You don't have to look at it from just one perspective, but can have the opportunity to apply it in a multitude of senses. And like said before, like you can transition even those to the next layer if you do transition the time period. And then one of those systems might take effect or a new system might be in place like cryptocurrency.
1: Okay. Well, um, that being that, uh, Jackie, I hear you see you that you're listening. I appreciate you showing up. Do you have any questions for us? You want to pop those in general or something? Oh, he's got a request. He wants to speak. Uh, What you got? Give me 10 seconds. Go. So, basically, when
0: you're creating this world, you want to be as thorough as possible,
1: but yet yet not too thorough to make it 100% believable? Um, so, I mean, that's a general good approach to building worlds. Um, But as for transitioning, you really need to set solid differences between one setting and the other. Um, Mm. There can be similarities, right, or things that carry over, but you definitely need to focus on, hey, this is how it's changed. This is how it's not fantasy, or this is how it is, whatever you're trying to get the change to. Mm. Ah, I get it now. All right. Let's see if I can give you the... I don't want to kick you, I just want to move you. There we go. Wait, no, that's not it. I don't want to move you there. Do you have any other questions, Jackie? Oh, he went back, okay. Nope, he went away. That's fine. <laughs> Take it out. Apparently, apparently, I can't just kick you guys out. You guys have to leave on your own accord. <sighs> <laughs> okay, well, it's... Uh, that's awesome. It's been a little bit over an hour. I know we started super late um but not the end of the world um we get we'll do some video editing of it later and keep try and keep it you know 30 minutes or whatever and maybe this will be the first thing on youtube <laughs> um anyway thank you for the the people that showed up um thank you for listening to us ramble uh we'll talk to y'all later again uh, again yeah uh we oh we'll probably put out a poll to see how often we do these things um we already have a few lesson things planned Uh, But we just got to figure out how often we want to do them. We're looking at once a week to once a month to once – somewhere in between those two. Um,
0: And we want your input as to see what we might do next.
1: Yes. Yes.
0: Tell us what you want so that we can be able to help build upon the questions that you might have.
1: Yes. Sounds like a plan. All right. Anyway, dip, dip, potato, chip. Uh, Have a good night. Hope you all have a
0: great rest of your night.